In an industry that runs on commission, it's easy to see why a lot of real estate professionals have a hard time making a significant upfront investment in clients that may not lead to a sale. But that investment is the cornerstone of Brad Allen's business, from marketing to personnel and everywhere in between. Armed with the belief that one agent can't be prolific and provide high level of service, Brad started the art of real estate to provide a superior end-to-end -end experience for clients. With a full staff that includes a listing coordinator, videographer, photographer, closing coordinator, and more, Brad has built a modern, successful brokerage that's greater than the sum of its parts. In this interview, Brad discusses the importance of setting clear expectations with potential clients and explains why a first-year agent's top priority shouldn't be selling houses. Hi, I'm Ben Bacall from Roof Shoot and Rodeo Realty. Hi, this is Josh Dorkin from BiggerPockets.com. This is Brad Allen with The Art of Real Estate in Columbia, South Carolina, and you're listening to the Marketing Genius Podcast. Welcome to the Marketing Genius Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes with the most brilliant real estate professionals and brands to uncover the latest digital marketing tools and tricks for your online arsenal. Now, here are your hosts, Seth Price and Matt Barbet. Mr. Brad Allen, welcome to the show. Super excited to have you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So tell us about the work you're doing at The Art of Real Estate. What do you think, like, I think I know what sets you apart, but what do you, what do you think that sets you apart in this space? Well, we started getting on the team bandwagon, if you will, about eight, nine, 10 years ago. I can't even remember now. Back before it was cool or trendy to throw the word cheap in there. Um, and we've let it evolve and manipulated it into an actual company, a standalone independent brokerage um, through a lot of trial and tribulation. And even still today, we're shaking things up. So I think for me, I am your typical you know, realtor, if you will. I was a 30 under 30, which is a great um, accomplishment or a great um, notification from them. But at the end of the day, I'm not your typical salesperson. I'm more of the philosophy of real estate uh -huh. and how to make it better and more efficient, not necessarily trying to get out there and, and kill the deal or, you know, get on to the next one. I want to bring like the experience full circle. I want to give people a great experience, not just sell my house. That makes complete sense. So you're in Columbia. Can you tell me a little bit about that market? Like, what's it like there? Because um, folks are listening from all over. Just to yeah. give them a sense. Um, so we are the capital of South Carolina, believe it or not, but we are one of the smaller of the three uh, metropolitan cities. But we're kind of a weird city because we have Fort Jackson, which is the Army training reservation for the East Coast. Yeah. Um, so, But we're not a military town. Like you think of Fayetteville or a lot of those military towns, you, there's a different complex to them. You come out and they, they have different kinds of stores. It just so happens to be half of our city, but it's mainly training. So people come in and out constantly. Uh, we don't have a lot of people posted here. Yeah. Uh, we're also the state capital, so we have a lot of state government. And then um, we have a lot of universities. University of South Carolina is actually right here in Columbia. Um, there's about five to six different universities in the city. So we have a good steady market during the recession. We didn't... Um, lose a lot of pricing in our house because we never also had that bubble. Yeah, uh, It just took longer for things to sell because we do have that steady turnover of government and university and military. That's awesome. Um, you know, one of the things that immediately 
sort of caught my eye with you guys is you seem to really be very clear about who you are. And I'd say more importantly, who you aren't. Um, and I think of that as the essence of, you know, sort of understanding yourself and your audience. What what was that process like for you? Like getting to that, that point where you felt like you were in your own skin? I, I still don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm in my own skin still. I mean, you're very right to that. Like we'll be the first ones to say, no, that's, that's not us. We're not going to do this. We're not going to, um, we have our values and our mission, which we've had great advisors along the way. We have coaches, not real estate coaches, but business coaches. So when we went to open our company, we enlisted uh, a business coach about a year before we did it. And he helped us create uh, mission and vision, which he calls our bumpers. And that's what it is. And if it doesn't fit in those bumpers, it's kind of not, it's off topic. And so we've taken that mission and vision and we have it on canvas size pictures, like five different places through our office. So we can never get away from that. So when stuff comes in and it sounds great and we should try this or do this, we just stay within the parameters. And a lot of times that's harder than not yeah. uh, because it's very easy to get the next new shiny toy um, or just kind of downgrade your your mission, you know, our mission right now is to bring the great client experience. So we do a lot of extra things like out of pocket, like pay for home inspections before we list a property or have stagers going for two hours at our cost. So we have a lot of upfront costs that we, um, you know, absorb for the client, but that makes the experience better. Yeah. And that makes our overall process and our sellability better. And at the end of the day, if we don't do that, which is very expensive, we're not being true to who we are about bringing full service. Oh yeah. Always when you start looking at the P and L and you go, Hey, can I cut this? <laughs> and and then it's, it's really a part of your core. Like you're either going to be two faced and cut it, or you're going to have to just, you know, dig your heels in and go, you know what? Our commitment is to customer service and a, and a really exceptional experience. And that means people. Do you know, that means process. That means like the extra, extra mile of, you know, doing the inspection before it happens. I love that. How, how have you, so clearly that attracts a certain audience. How have you tailored your marketing to sort of attract the right customers for you? That's a really good question. We being a team, it's been, we've been very fortunate that, um, having, you know, we have about, I think eight agents on our team. We all, kind of found our niche a little bit. So we had during the recession, we had a gentleman on our team that loved doing short sales and foreclosures. Um, somebody did a lot of low end investments and some people did high end stuff. So we didn't have to just put ourselves in a box and say, we're an exclusive high listing team, a high you know luxury team. Um, we can handle it all and we can do very well at that, but we don't necessarily have to attract just one type of buyer. Yeah. With that said, we do have a lot of clients that don't see our philosophy like we do, and we have to politely decline listing their house or politely decline not being able to work with them as buyers because we have a certain way we want stuff done. And if if they don't agree with that philosophy, then we, we can't work together. Can you give me an example of what that might look like? Because I think it's hard for people to imagine like walking away from a listing or walking away from a buyer who's got, you know, a checkbook and ready to buy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, go back to listings for, for a quick minute. So it takes us about a week, week and a half to get a listing on the market. Um, our app, and I, I love stats. I think that's where you really have to know your business. And we're within 4% of what we list to what we actually get on average over 300 transactions last year. So when we go into a house and we say, hey, we need this lead up time to get these inspections and stagers and everything else done. We need this lead up time to get the photographer and videographer and drone and whatever else we're doing. 
and here's our price range. And it's a range because yeah. the client gets to take what we do. Yeah. But if they don't agree with that and they want to go 20% above our list price or what we think is a fair list price, then we, we can't sell it. We're just going to set false expectations and we're going to have to babysit them. And also my agents are going to be out of pocket several hundred, if not a thousand dollars on these inspections and such that we can't, we can't accommodate them. We can never exceed their expectations if we set ourselves up for failure at the beginning. So we all have to be on the same page. I love that. So to me, that's really about, you know, setting people up for success. And when someone's going to go off the rails and go, Hey, I want to sell it what double the market is because I did all this custom tile work that no one loves. Um, you got to say no. Yeah. Well, that comes back to having the ability to say no, to be yeah. able to walk away. And a lot of agents and my soapbox is unprofessional agents are just say whatever the client wants to hear so they can get their sign in the yard. Yeah. And that just sets everything up for failure. And they also can't afford to walk away from listings because they don't have that much business. So we are fortunate in the fact that we don't want to walk away from anything. Well, yeah. we can't because we have the amount of volume that, you know, we, we can command that. So I want to backtrack just a little bit to touch on something you said. So you planned for a year before you opened. How did you set yourself up in the beginning so you could, I don't want to say be choosy because it's not about being choosy, but just be really clear and not take, you know, bad business because it was there and you had to keep the lights on. Yeah, well, fortunately, we left the, the franchise that we were under. We we came with a book of about forty two million in sales that year. So okay. we we're we we're already working together for about six years. So we had a good a good source of business. Okay, got it. So, yeah, that was the easy part. That makes complete sense. So I love your website. Um, I love that you like when I go through the neighborhood and community pages that you've created. Like I really feel like I. I can understand the difference and I can, I can get a sense of what it's like to be there. And it seems like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you created them with just people in mind, not like because you had to create a page for that, you know, that neighborhood, but you created it so someone could experience that neighborhood. How is that process for you? It's interesting because we started doing it just on the neighborhood, like ABC neighborhood. Well, at the end of the day, we realized that most of the houses in Columbia are from the turn of the century, not not very old at all. Yeah. Uh, because a general named Sherman came through the South and burned our entire city down. So that's good for us that we don't have a lot of old houses. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, they all look the same. They're either bungalows or ranch style or whatever. So we started turning it on to what's the hot spots. So mm. maybe it's a shopping district that has all the cafes and the restaurants and everything else. And then we talk about the neighborhoods that surround it. So no matter if you're a half million, million dollar buyer or $200,000 buyer, you're still attached to that hotspot. So yeah. that hotspot can draw three different kind of crowds. But we do look at it with the end person in mind. Our company is very young in age. Um, we're all in our late 20s, middle 30s. So we look at the millennial crowd. Yeah. We, know we can't compete with the baby boomer buyers and sellers. Now we get a bunch of them, but... Another philosophy is you sell to your age group typically. Yeah. So we're not going to go after the million dollar buyers today when our average in our market's 200,000 because they're not there. So we focus on what we know and how we know it and how we'd like to see it. Yeah. That, that makes complete sense. Um, does your site make you money? No, nope, does not. And what does it do for you? Like what's the, what's the value of having the site? It's my online business card. Okay. It is people see our signs out there. 
people see our van out there that we use for our runner and our photography and they go, I wonder who that is. And they Google it just like everybody else. I want them to get, like you said, I want them to see and feel who we are and be comfortable with us. And I think if you put it out there like a typical, no offense, I'm not going to name any franchises, but franchise site that they give you, it's here's three things. They all look the same (laughs) and here are my listings. Yeah. It's as if there aren't a billion URLs in the world. I think, I think people forget that. I mean, granted only 25% of them are live, uh, but there is a billion URLs. It means that people can find stuff. Yours has to be different. Um, Tell me about just the last part about that is, okay. so I get it's your digital business card. When you think of like the next few years, like I've heard people say, you know, hey, you can build your platform on Facebook or you can build it on, you know, some other medium or, you know, pick a pick a digital marketing platform. Do you think that's true or do you think you're going to have to have this owned business card online, the website? I think at the end of the day, you're going to have to have this website no matter what, for people to always go back to kind of like you're building. Yes, people have virtual offices, but at the end of the day, you've got to have the, st- the, tried and tready- the tried and steady method of a website that tells your story. Now, we do a lot of stuff on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, but yeah. we drive it back to the site. So we, we pick them and then we push them back, but we never poach them for information. Um, one, because I've never really been good at that. And so that's probably <laughs> why I don't do it. Um, there's a lot of smart people, obviously, in this world that can do that. Yeah. Um, but also being so young and our average realtor is the same as the nation, about 58 in our market, people will call us and use us because we're different in the way we approach things rather yeah. than getting after them. Yeah. On your website, uh, I think you say something like one agent cannot be productive in real estate and give the level of service that the client deserves. What, what did you mean by that? Yeah, I didn't mean as an insult to any single agent. No, no, means. no. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't take it that way, but I was just curious. I had a perspective, but I was curious what yours was. Well, yeah, I, mean, I just truly believe in the team concept, and I believe it. It, it we're a marketing company. Our team is um, like I have an on-staff videographer and photographer. I have a, a graphic artist. I have all these people because at the end of the day, you cannot do real estate has so many moving parts to it, especially if you're doing listings and buyers and contracts and follow-up. I mean, something always follows falls to the cracks, and usually that's the past client follow-up, which is, we know, uh, pretty, impre- pretty, pretty great. But if you break it down into compartments that everybody takes a piece and focuses on it, then I think that helps the experience with everybody. And that helps with the mental sanity of the agents that know that they can take a week off. Heck, I was just off for a week and a half um, at NAR and then went to Disney World. And we closed, you know, 20 things. And I didn't have to really check in that much because I have people in certain places that take take the torch and run with it for whether it's listings and closings and client follow-up and all that. Yeah. I, that makes complete sense. I think it's hard for, I think it may be an illusion when someone says, Hey, I do everything myself because the reality is they are working in an office that has a broker in charge and there's someone who is a title attorney and someone who's doing mortgage and they, they hired a photographer. Like there is always a group. It's just whether it's organized enough to have the consistency of process. Very true. Yep. Um, so tell us about your approach to technology. You and I had a conversation at a conference that we met at, and I'm curious how you determine which tools to implement for your team. That's a great question. We try just about everything. Um, cause you just never know, but 
it has to fit with your, your, your core, you know? So, um, we had a gentleman come onto our team a couple of years ago. He's still with us and great, but he always wanted to know why we didn't use our website for lead generation. Yeah. So we did for a little bit and tried it and we, we, we felt that that didn't work. And there's so many shiny objects in real estate that you can kind of get lost in it. So we kind of vet things out. We see what works without taking a lot of our time and energy. Um, and then I go after some really deep stuff. Like right now I'm into 3d printing, like model houses. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. And it's also really, really time consuming and a pain in the butt. So, um, I try and figure out what other people aren't doing yeah. and then kind of go from there. So I don't know really how to answer that question. There's not a real philosophy to it, but if it looks great and can bring us an ROI, we'll, we'll try it or at least make the experience better. Are you as the folks that are leading the team, are you guys making that decision and trying to sort of keep the individual agents not having to consume themselves with like picking the next greatest CRM or whatever that is. Yes, very much so. Okay. Yeah. I try and take that off of them. And that's what we try and do is we try and stay in our lanes. Now, if they have ideas and want to try something, of course, but, um, we, you know, most marketing calls that I get, uh, they get, they end up coming to me and we talk about it and go from there. Yeah. That makes complete sense. We've been having tons and tons of conversations about mobile. Like we took, so we've been around for about five years, but we hadn't built an app yet. Uh, and we're just launched our first iOS app. And it oh, was, wow. in, it was interesting because like we really thought to get someone started, you didn't need mobile, but it needed to extend, you know, to extend your business, like right. having tools on the, on the go. I'm curious about what you're leveraging for mobile. Like, how do you guys look at that? Yeah, I think mobile is, you're right on with that. I mean, I, it dawned on me the other day when I was out for a week and a half again, and I didn't pick up my laptop. I didn't pick up my iPad Pro. I did all on my iPhone. So I think that's imperative um, with whatever technology is out there these days that you have to be able to do it on your phone. And if you can't, you get really frustrated. Instead of stopping and going, oh, it's not a computer, it's a phone. So, um, yeah, we're really big on making sure, especially with the demographic we're going after, that our website is mobile responsive and that everything that we need to do can be done through a phone. So let's put ourselves in the in the mind space of a new agent. And, you know, they're trying to figure out like how to get how to like establish themselves. What's your 30 day plan for someone or what would you recommend? Yeah. So I get this question a lot, especially after speaking at places on teams and everything else. And I really encourage people to go look at look at teams um, coming on, because what I think we're missing in this industry is the apprenticeship. And I missed that when I first started. I mean, I didn't know who my broker was for the first six months (laughs) and I was in office every day. Um, It was pretty sad, but I think that you need to get with somebody that can help you and guide you and not feel like they're competing or taking from you. Um, And I think that's proven in the statistics of most agents don't make it past their second year because I I see it all the time. They get frustrated and they just throw up their hands and say, it's not worth it. So a lot of teams do a lot of lead generation. And yes, they throw out a lot of garbage to the new agents because they don't want to deal with it. But it's a great way to get your feet wet, make some money, see how the process works, and then decide if you want to go out on your own. So I really think that's the way brokerages need to start going to really make it in this world. Yeah. But I mean, so the 30 day plan, I don't, we, we come, we onboard our people. It, it takes, you know, two weeks and we go through every single system, every single process. We go over every single contract. 
And then we start having them build their database. And we're trying to figure out what that best way is right now. Yeah. Uh, we also, is we provide a lot of leads, I, we spend about 10 grand a month on lead generation. Yeah. So they get to claim them, they get to work them. And then we follow up with the agents and work with them um, to make sure they're cultivating them correctly. So uh, for instance, I've, as a side, I've got three new agents that started with me three months ago, pretty much all from outside real estate. And they've all had their first closing and they've got four more pending. So, and that's all from leads and they're hustle. I mean, they're hustlers. Don't get yeah. Me wrong. Yeah. yeah. That makes complete sense. So tell me, maybe I'm a little unclear. What's the difference? Are you guys technically a team now or are you a brokerage? And if so, if you're a brokerage, how do you still have a team mentality? How do you create that? Well, that's exactly the the hard the, the crux that we're in, and that's why when we met, I was up there speaking because it's not typical. But yeah, we consider ourselves a team. I mean, our 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 email address is our team. You know, all that stuff. We have we have team meetings, um, but we are a brokerage. I mean, we're a standalone independent company, but we keep that team mentality by having. Um, coach it. Like we have a, we have a business coach that comes in and coaches everybody once a month and we do team building, not like trust falls, but like, you know, what, how to talk to each other. And each person has a specific role. So everybody has to know how to talk to each other so they can get their job and their part done. Um, and we make it very clear that agents aren't above our coordinators and vice versa, because we need everybody to do their job so we can all work efficiently. So it's not easy. We don't have, I don't know how to really answer that one because that's something we're constantly working on. And that's probably the hardest part of having a team. Yeah. It's, I mean, maybe it's just the hardest part of running a business and and trying to make it you know, it's like trying to make it so you have cross-functional interaction and people are actually empowered to grow. Like all of those things are not easy um, because we have such great failure rate in small businesses in the U.S., but we see it also in real estate. We have a lot of turnover. Um, yeah. I, I love what you guys are doing. Um, what what have you learned about hiring and, and getting hired in this business in the last, you know, eight years or longer? Yeah. So we've made a lot of those, we've made a lot of mistakes and we've grown from it. It's been very useful. It's been very painful, um, from doing that because at first you're like, Oh, you want to be on my team? Great. Let's be on a team. Let's do it. You know? And then you realize that they can be very cancerous because their personality might be me, 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 me. And if it's a company or a team, it's all about the greater good. And sometimes you have to sacrifice this a little bit, you know, yeah. our splits probably aren't the most sexy splits out there for the volume. Some of my agents do, but they see the value on the return. And if you can't keep an open mind to that, it's very hard. So going back to that, we put systems in place. We have um, assessments, which I, I even shudder thinking about that, but there's it's one strength finders, which shows you what your strengths are. Are you very strategic and forward thinking? Are you very like get it done today or your relationship? So we can kind of see what your personality is and how we're going to mesh. Um, and then what we do is we put everybody on a, a one year kind of probationary period and we have check-ins and it's not on sales. I don't care how many houses you sell that first year. That's not a quota. It's are you getting out there with a the photographer and seeing how he's doing what he does? Are you seeing what the coordinator does? Are you making your follow-up calls? So we make it an apprenticeship approach that you have to go with me on so many listing appointments. So that way I'm making sure you're seeing all sides of the business. And by being here and being active, you actually get to see hands-on and get excited and not lose steam in real estate, which happens a lot with people because their first two deals fall apart. And they're like, I'm not making money. This stinks. I'm going to work in a bank. So yeah, yeah. We, we put them through the paces when we hire them. We make them meet with us and our coaches. And then we make them meet with everybody on the team to make sure everybody kind of gets along. And then um, we bring them on for that probationary period. And we will ask them to leave if we need to. And we've done that. 
Uh, we've asked some people who've been with us for a very long time to leave, which is very painful. Yeah. But it was, it was a partnership that just wasn't working out. And we had two different philosophies. And it's not anybody's fault. But one wanted to go left, one wanted to go right. And at the end, we had to go separate ways. And it hurts a lot. But you got to look out for the betterment of the, the team or company at that point. That's awesome. Where, um, on a different note, where do you look for inspiration? Like what is some of your favorite books or blogs or, you know, what, in, what inspires you? I've gotten a lot into blog, uh, podcast, excuse me, recently, especially this one. Um, <laughs> I know everybody says Gary V a lot. Um, I like his style. I'm kind of blunt that way. Uh, he has some great ideas. Um, and also I do a lot of just quiet time. Yeah. Um, inspirations, I think always out there and it's, um, it's, it's following and searching. And I don't think it's like, you know, your daily inbox from a, a nationally renowned coach. Yeah. I think it's just getting out to conferences really inspire me. Um, I mean, I picked up so much information at the G bar Roadshow that we were at and just being down at NAR and getting out and talking to people and hearing their philosophies and then taking those, you know, nuggets of knowledge back to my team and saying, Hey, can this work here? So, I really find inspiration in that. That's awesome. Brad, this has been amazing. I really appreciate you sharing what you think about the business and also just how you guys are doing it. Because I think it, many folks have this fallacy that it's like someone has a really beautiful business and it's just perfect, even though they've, they're doing a ton of transactions, but it's a work in progress. And I, I love that you're sharing uh, all of it. It's very exciting. What's the best way for folks to find out more about you? Yeah, our website. It's thearcteam.net. Um, you'll see videos. We've got YouTube. We do a lot of videos on YouTube and um, our Facebook page. I mean, you can get us all through there. Our cell phones are there. So I love helping everybody and anybody. So if you've got specific questions, I mean, nobody's a competitor the way I see it. So um, we love sharing and telling, telling people how we operate. Awesome. I can't wait to see one of those uh, 3D models. Awesome. Yeah, man. Check it out. We've got one. We got a little time lapse on the blog. So check it out. Awesome, Brad. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yes, yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Genius Podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to write us a review on the iTunes store. For our full episode archive and access to exclusive bonus content, visit us online at playster.com slash podcast. If you have feedback about Marketing Genius or want to suggest topics and guests for future shows, drop us a line at podcast at playster.com. Don't settle for mediocre marketing. Become a marketing genius and start growing your real estate business online. The Marketing Genius Podcast is brought to you by Playster, the digital marketing platform for real estate professionals, brands, and organizations of all kinds. With beautiful websites, lead management tools, marketing automation, and an academy featuring the latest tools and tips, Playster offers real estate professionals everything they need to succeed online. Learn more at Playster.com.